And now we're going to go on to the really good stuff. We're going to talk about from dip to quantum leap. And what we're going to go through today is applicable to a financial dip, to a dip in your life, to a messy middle, to any aspect. But the frame is the financial dip. I'm going to give you guys 10 minutes now for your break. And I know that we're doing 45 minutes, 10 minutes break, and then an hour and a half, and it's slightly different to how we've done it. But the reason that I want to do it this way is because when we start in the dip, there's quite a lot of information, okay? We're going to talk about a lot of different processes, a lot of different ways of seeing things. So go take 10 minutes, have a cup of tea, have a pee, shake your body, and be prepared for information. And just ponder, you know? Am I letting myself off the hook with money? What is my emotional attachment to money? Just ponder these things, okay? I'm gonna mute this and start. I'll see you guys at 5-2 and we're gonna go For quantum leaps, there is really like one Bible. And this is the Bible. And I want you to see, I'm keeping my finger there because I, I don't want to lose my page, but this is how thick the Bible is. It's not a lot. Yeah, ever since I've done sessions with you about quantum leaps, but I don't remember that book. I, I might have mentioned it. But anyway, it doesn't matter because we're going to go through it now. And if you guys do want it, by the way, you can buy it online. It's called U Squared and it's called Price Pritchett. And it's like a good one to have on the bedside as you're navigating the messy middle. But as we look at this, right, and I want you to really, because I did really ponder how I was going to bring this all together today so it could be like the most useful toolkit that I can give you. And I went with that name intentionally, from dip to quantum leap. Sometimes the dip is part of the quantum leap. But some people, they're on the quantum leap, they get to the dip, the dip is scary, and they freak out and they stay in the dip. So I want us to understand what a quantum leap looks like. I wanna talk about concepts that may or may not be new. And for those of you guys that have experienced or will experience a dip, right? I want us to always frame it in our mind as this is the dip that's going to take me to the quantum leap. Because it's not the dip that takes you to the quantum leap. It's what you do in the dip and who you be in the dip that takes you to the quantum leap. Okay. Daniela says, I'm just landing from the leap. Yeah. And so Quantum leaping is taught a lot on social media at the moment. And I see a lot of people talking about it and I love it because it's a thing like, you know, we don't have to work harder to make more money. We can work differently. There's all of these things. But sometimes what happens with manifestation, energetic teachings, things like quantum leaps, things like um, next leveling, up leveling, is that it can be framed in this kind of, 
unicorn puppy pink frame. And so when we experience the dip that might be part of the quantum leap or we experience the messy middle or we experience the middle, we can sometimes feel that we are doing it wrong. And that can block us from actually doing and being who we need to be to land that leap, right? It's like in the middle is the terror barrier. And this is where everyone wants to go back to where they were instead of bursting through to where they want to go and who they want to be. And for those of you guys that want more content, the rec my recommendation, the best terror barrier video I think that we have is day three of MMM. Um, it's on the hub. If you can't find it, message us and we can we can make sure that you do. And so I really want to speak to this today. Because I really truly believe that when we understand this piece, it's going to change the game for you in entrepreneurialism. It's going to make you braver. And it's also going to help you know that you're absolutely not doing it wrong. Daniela says it's the story of Inanna. I don't know the story, darling, but you can tell it in, in the chat if you'd like. And so I want us to come back to a law, something that I absolutely know to be true, just like we've done with money. And it's a law that people don't like because we would love to birth a new life and a new reality and nothing in us that would have to die, nothing about our old life that would have to die but unfortunately, to birth a new life, your old life and old self must die. And it's this destruction phase that is messy and challenging that people tend to reject. We think the program is wrong or the teaching is wrong or the da-da-da is wrong. And this is where we can have the tantrum. But it's like, if we stay in the tantrum, we don't make the leap. What we do in the messy middle is far more important than what we do when we're riding the wheel of fortune or we're riding that upper level of momentum. By definition, if you are that, you enjoy fast growth, you enjoy quantum leaps, you enjoy up-leveling at a faster speed, you must know that before a new creation, you must sit in the void. And this is not optional. And the void is where the new doesn't yet exist, but the old is either falling away is no longer in resonance and this is where all of our stuff gets triggered and all of our fear-based patterns come out to play. The void is where we enter a dance of shadows and we see who we really are when we're not getting our way. And it's the void that we must master if we want to learn to master the quantum leap. 
that fast accelerated growth. Okay. Yeah, Shakti says, I died for many hours last night. God, if people read this chat and they didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, Daniela, that would be amazing. Apparently there's a, um, a Sumerian myth that's similar to this. I think that would be really useful. Mythology is beautiful to support us as we navigate human patterns, right? And so what I highly recommend for those of you guys that are creating something new, that are in the void, because here's the reframe. The financial dip is not even a dip. It's just a, a void, right? And to answer Yuli's question, it doesn't have to be around money. It can just be a void, a void where you're awaiting the new creation and it's not yet here. I'm just gonna read this, okay? I'm wondering if that is where I am right now, even if it has nothing to do with business. My mum died and it forced me to create a new me. And so many parts of me are dying and so many things that I thought to be true um, and law fell away. And I feel like sometimes I have no idea who this person is that I see in the mirror. Is this a terror barrier as well or something else? And does my mum's death have something to do with my business as well? Absolutely. So I'm going to quickly speak to this so that those of you guys that are listening to this and aren't maybe in a financial dip, but maybe are in a, a rebirth can truly feel this in your system as well. And it actually makes me emotional thinking about this, Yuli, because I really, I really went through this. Like when my mum passed away, and, and I think I said this in a message, but I'll, I'll speak to it more now. I went from little girl to woman. And there were so many things that I used to do before my mum passed away that were no longer in resonance with who I was becoming. And it's so fast, right? It's so fast. And I went through, and I remember there was a summer and you guys will be surprised because I really am an active person where like, I just, I didn't know what to do with myself apart from like float in the sea. I, I didn't know who I was. And the only place that gave me peace was nature. So I was spending a lot of time in nature and I was just floating and, and it was almost this kind of recalibration that I had to go through of, of how I saw myself in the world. When someone as close as core family, especially parent passes, it's like something that has always existed in your life no longer exists. When it's something as pivotal as mother. So who we be in the world changes. And it's why I speak about my mother's passing because it was the catalyst for this. I didn't have the level of determination um, and a lot of things until my mom passed away. My life makes sense in the context of my mother's passing. And that's a good thing, right? So whilst we're in the void, it's like, what do I want the context of my life to be? How am I going to frame this going forward? And I made a decision when my mum was ill that it was going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I know that that sounds bonkers and that did not take away the grief. It did not take away the grief. But it, it led all of my choices. And in that void, I decided to build something beautiful. And now you guys witness what I built. And Yuli, you don't have to build the same thing, but it's like, 
if a gift and a lesson is going to come through this passing, what would that be? And you could contemplate that and you can be with that and you can be in the void. The problem with the void is that our human brains tells us that it has to be faster, that it has to be perfect, that it can't be messy, that we should already be on the other side. And the truth is the void takes as long as the void takes. <laughs> different voids take different lengths of time. And all we can do is our best, right? But in the void, we don't want to go back to who we were because then you're missing the opportunity for transformation and you're missing the opportunity for that next level. And, and the truth that I also know to be true is even if we do miss it, you'll be given another opportunity by the universe. So we don't want to get into stress and pressure. You'll be given an opportunity. You're, it's, it's fine. But when we have this different frame, whilst we're in the void, our experience of it is different. So, Yuli, you will get to experience who you are in the time that you get to experience who you are. And that gets to be something beautiful and deeply painful. The thing that I found hardest going from business level to business level isn't the practical aspects, it's when different versions of myself and the business has has had to die for the next one to be born. And I grieve it as much as I grieve passings and things of that. It's obviously different, isn't it? I can't compare my mother leaving to that, but, but the, the, the feeling is the same. And so whilst we're in the void, whatever our void is, permission to grieve what was, who was, who we were, absolutely. And we also get to anchor into where we're going. And that's what really today is about. The void is your friend, guys. The void is where you get to meet yourself. The void is where you prepare for the next level of life. And in the void, you might meet many terror barriers. Doesn't just have to be one. Life is abundant in all ways. Um, but we know freedom is on the other side of movement. And it doesn't mean that you have to rush and run, but it, it does mean that sometimes when we're in the void, the void is so uncomfortable that we want to just go back to what it was. For example, when we structured the business afterwards, I was like a few weeks, like, what the fuck have we just done? And there was so much in me that wanted to run back and go to what we had because it was great. But I also knew that I had to keep moving towards where we're going because that's going to be the next level of great. And I've committed to living a life in devotion to that. So not sure if I answered anyone's questions, but that's what I've got to say on it. Because this is the book of the quantum leap, if you guys want to self-study, you don't have to. This is what I recommend reading. But I just asked, you know, what is the message that the group needs to hear today? And this is what I want to share from this book when we're in the void, and then we're going to go on to practices. When we're in the void, uh, it's called U squared. So it looks Shakti like you and then a two. When we're in the void, 
we have a temptation to only focus on what's happening, right? The chaos, the messy, the destruction. But what do we also know to be true? When you focus on a result that you have that you don't desire, all you can do is create more of the same. Because what you think, you feel, and you do in the present moment is creating your future reality. And your present moment is only a representation of your past. So in the void, what is the most essential thing, and I've taught this a trillion times that we must do, and that is anchoring into the desire and anchoring into where we wanna land. A quantum leap is like a jump, okay? When I was a child in primary school in England, I don't know if anyone else does this in other countries, Tam, I don't know if you did this. We used to have a long jump. Did anyone else do long jump? Did anyone else have a long jump? Yes. Right. So in a long jump, <laughs> you're a long jumper. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where do you look? Where do you look? The people that jump furthest and best, where are they looking? Yeah. I was always looking ahead of me. If you look ahead of you, you're far more likely to land that jump and trusting that my foot was at the line. Because what does a jump take? It takes faith trust and focus. But in the messy middle, we get scared. And instead of looking ahead, what we do is we look at our feet. We do, we look at our feet and we get all higgledy-piggledy. And then we miss the jump and we fall. It's fine, we can do the jump again, there's no problem. There's no problem. There is a thousand opportunities in the universe. And I want you guys to remember that. I've missed jumps many times before. The best jumps I had was also when I was in my body. Yeah, and we can take this metaphor and I wasn't in my head, yeah. You know, I get asked a lot, like Hannah, how do you teach so much? How do you do so many things? And the only answer that I can give you is that I, I don't think about it. Like I don't think about it. I just move with life and I trust that everything that I need comes as I need it. And that, and, and I'm always good. So this is the piece in the Quantum Leap book and it's focus on ends rather than means, okay? You don't have to know how you're gonna get there. You just need to know where you wanna go. Like does Daniela, when she's doing her long jump, need to know the exact speed and like da 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 physics of everything as she makes that jump? No, she just needs to see where she's gonna land and jump. It's crucial to have a crystal clear picture of what you want to accomplish. Operate with a sharply defined mental image of the outcome you seek. Rivet your attention on the spot where you are to land at the end of your quantum leap. Visualize your arrival. When you do that, it's like you magnetize yourself to the ways and means involved in the methodology of getting there. I'm going to repeat that again, guys. When you visualize your arrival, regardless of what is happening, it's like you magnetize the ways and means involved to get there. It's our focus on the end that brings the ways. 
because you tell the universe what you want so you can be given the ways. If we're just focused on where we are, we can only magnetize more ways, right? To be more of where we are. Eva says, and that's why I ask for all your meditations with visualizations of us and the goal. Exactly, this is why I bang on about the goal so much because we know the goal, we go, oh, something happens in life, we forget the goal. And we've got a really fun meditation today as well. It's more of a process, similar to yesterday's. We're taking a concept. The solutions begin to appear and answers come to you. Understand this. We live in a vibrational universe, okay? So when you've got a radio station, you can only hear the station that is at that frequency. So when you're in the frequency of I'm in the problem, you can only hear the radio station of the problem. When you shift the radio station to the solution, you're suddenly on another frequency. So you are literally in resonance to the solution. This is how it works. So ask yourself whilst you're in the messy middle, what radio station am I listening to? I spent so many hours checking the old sessions for these meditations that are gold for me. I love this. I love how much people are liking the meditations. I have, do you know what's been so surprising for me as we've received feedback? Like I had no idea how useful people found the meditations. You know, sometimes we don't realize this, that like we think things in our head and we think the other person knows them, but unless we communicate them, the other person doesn't know them, right? So it's been like, it's been such a revelation to me that you guys love the meditations that much. I just thought we were doing them. <laughs> so thank you for telling me. Um, if you start worrying about everything that will be involved in getting you from here to there, you are bound to bog down, get bogged down in questions about the methodology. People always get hung up on the how-to in regards to the quantum leap. Skip it. The answers will come to you. And when they do, you probably will find them to be a simple streamlined solution. See a quantum leap. See, a quantum leap is a move that you are already prepared to make. You haven't done it yet. Wait, what we've got? And with all respect to Joe Spencer, and it literally made my day. I was like, that's that's a very large privilege. Thank you. <laughs> Yuli says, I fall asleep to the meditations every single day. And it's also the first thing that I listen to when I wake up. Honestly, guys, this is making my day. I'm so, so happy. So, so happy that you find them useful. And it, it's just like, you know, I say it to you guys, we're co-creating, aren't we? We're co-creating something together. And it's amazing when we actually can create something beautiful because, you know, I said this to Ever. I'm like, the only reason that we, you guys have got that is because Ever asked, which is amazing. Always ask because you've already got a no if you don't. So hear this, a quantum leap is a move you're already prepared to make. You just haven't done it yet. Isn't that a different reframe? You have the potential and the resources are available. The opportunity is there, but what's been missing is your decision to go for it. Maybe this will help you frame the situation a lot better. The quantum leap is something that you've been keeping from happening. It's not something that you have to struggle to make happen. You don't have to force it into existence. You just let it occur. The key is not to get in the way. So how would we get in the way? Losing trust, losing faith, looking at your feet, being like, how can I move from the, no, move, move, move. 
The quantum leap is the unexpected that comes to you with sudden grace. You can open yourself to such breakthroughs. You can even invite it, but you can't make it happen by struggling harder or insisting on developing the perfect plan. Guys, we make plans for business and launch all the time. And then all of the time during the plan, we have to change the plan because we realize the plan's actually got to be different to what the plan was. But we don't have emotional drama about it. <laughs> you too, listen to this, which is the quantum leap, is achieved through an intuitive, instinctive discovery process based on a sense of direction and pursuit. If you have the answers and structure and certainty up front, it's not a quantum leap. U squared is achieved through intuition, instinctive self-discovery based on direction and pursuit, okay? If you have the answers and structure and certainty up front, it's not a quantum leap. I hope you guys are getting how big this is. The formula does not involve getting everything neatly organized and all of the risks eliminated before you make your move. Guys, I'm a triple Virgo, not in my big three, but I have very strong three Virgo placements. If we could do it through impeccable planning, I would be joyful and we can't. There is an element of hip shooting involved here. Don't count on having all of the procedural issues for the journey buttoned up before you begin the trip. You must be willing to tolerate ambiguity confusion, possibly even chaos for a while, shaping your game plan as you go. Allow some disorder in your life. So can you see the chaos that comes with birthing? It's not, not just not wrong. It's exactly the right process. If you get too concerned with the step-by-step -step plan of action to be followed, you'll find yourself brooding over the potential problems and roadblocks that could be encountered. Just gonna leave that there. For now, all you need is an aiming point and action. A quantum leap by definition means moving into uncharted territory with no guide to follow. You draw the map as you go. Look at it this way. You're not supposed to be concerned about the middle of the jump. You're supposed to be thinking about where you're gonna land. We've talked about that. I'm gonna leave that. Okay, I'm going to read those in a little bit, but um, I'm going to continue, okay? So, we now know a bit more about the quantum leap. You guys can self-study that more. But I want to speak to the stuff that makes us look at our feet whilst we're jumping. <laughs> the stuff that gets us into a spin when we're going to that new level. And I want you guys to ask yourself these questions. And I've had to ask myself these questions. Who am I when I don't get what I want? Who am I when the payments aren't coming in? Who am I when the bank account is going down? Who am I when someone says no to me? Who am I when I know I owe an apology? Who am I when I face adversity? Who am I when someone doesn't like me? Who am I when someone doesn't agree with me? Who am I when I'm being faced by challenge? And the question that I want you to really contemplate then is that in alignment to the version of me that's a match to my goal, right? 
or the version of me that can land the jump to where I want to go. Because when we can neutralize our stuff around, I don't get what I want, the payments aren't coming in, my bank account is going down. Someone said no to me. Instead of being stuck in a tailspin, which by the way, I still get stuck into. And we just spend less time, less time every time. But instead of getting stuck in a tailspin, our focus is on where we're gonna land our feet. And I want you guys to really, really be with this. And actually, if you feel comfortable sharing, I would love to know which one moves most in you, which one knocks you off your jump. Because being an entrepreneur is more about how we be and who we be in these moments than when we're on that high momentum everything's working out for me. When you don't get what you want, the manifestation doesn't come through in the time that you want. Who do you be? I've worked with a lot of people, guys. And people's responses to the same situation are extremely different. Who am I when I don't get what I want in the time that I want is interesting. I wanted this manifestation. It's not here yet. A lot of people, what they do is that they start doubting. They go into it's not working. Or sometimes this can activate an inner child tantrum, you know? You've got something that you like and someone takes that away. How, how do you be? And, and, and I went through a process around this with Craig because Craig is very good with boundaries, which is something that I hugely admire about him. And he says no to me all of the time. And to start with, he used to trigger the fuck out of me. But I'm very grateful for it now because it's like, well, he says no, it's a no. <laughs> And that gives us mental and emotional endurance, guys. This is the stuff. The first three I've had to do a lot of work around in the last months. Owning an apology is very uncomfortable for me. That's why I try to avoid getting in situations. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. I love the honesty there. Being able to own our mistakes. It's a big, big thing. It's a big, big thing, especially if you've got a position of, you know, leadership. Just because you're a leader doesn't mean that you make mistakes, but I think that we get to be better and stronger leaders when even if it is uncomfortable, we own our errors. Because when we own our errors and we make amends, we clean it up and we can move through. When we don't own our errors and we don't make amends, it's like we hold that charge with us. And I don't believe in like, you know, the very Catholic, oh, I'm so sorry, forgive me for my sins, but I do believe in cleaning stuff up. And I've had this modeled really beautifully to me from a coach that I've got. And Steve Hardington, actually. Um, 
he wrote a post that was very judgmental around some one of the situations in the coaching industry. And 24 hours later, he deleted the post and said, this, this wasn't my higher self. Like I, I could have done better than that. And actually I, I was wrong, you know? And that taught me a hell of a lot to see someone do that. You know, he's, he, he's a multimillionaire, really successful coach and, you know, you know, all of these things. And it's like confidence and, and humbleness get to go together. And a, an apology can be very transformational. It can be very transformational. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us if we have to apologize. Because sometimes when we're in a place of leadership, we feel that we've got to prove that we are perfect. And you guys have just seen us wobble through the, the restructure. Like, you know, couldn't be better a better example of a quantum leap. And I'm sure we will have done things imperfectly. But it's that openness to have a conversation and lead from your imperfect humanity that I think is what we're coming into now. And whilst we hold that, we can also hold boundaries and no's and blah, blah, blah. But this is really just, I would like you guys to contemplate this, right? This is interesting. I can clearly see that my partner struggles to say sorry. And yesterday I literally asked him to be more humble. Now that you share this, Yuli, I can see um, it's more openly as part of his journey. Yeah, of course. Of course. Saying sorry is, is, is hard. <laughs> it's like, it's a hard thing. So who are you when you face adversity? Who are you when someone doesn't like you? Who are you for those of you guys that want to teach and coach when someone says, I don't like that material? You know, I've had that recently of someone being like, you know, I, I don't agree with some of your teachings. Who are you? Do you bend over backwards and change your teachings and change your worldview in order to please those people? Or can you still hold it? Because here's the thing, for those of you guys that are getting certified with me, for those of you guys that are building businesses, for those of you guys that are visionaries, for those of you guys that are thinking big things and bringing something new into the world, like by definition, there are going to be people that disagree with you. And that's not a bad thing. And it's not that the other person is wrong. For them, for them, they are right. But if every time someone disagrees with you, you change your vision of life, you change your belief systems, again, we're on a roller coaster. Again, it's like you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down. So can I be so centered and strong in my message and in what I teach that even if someone has an opinion, like, I don't need to villainize them. I don't even need to be angry with them. I'm like, okay, they've got an opinion about this. That's completely neutral. And this is a journey, guys, right? One of the things that I was most terrified about in visibility and growing an audience on social media is like, what if someone says, oh, manifestation is bollocks and all of these things. And so I used to keep myself small because I, I wouldn't want to have a disagreement. And what I can tell you after having disagreements is they're not fun. Initially, they activate you slowly that your nervous system learns that you're safe. But you have to keep in your power and your center. Right? Who are you when someone doesn't like you? 
do you think, oh, they must be right, I should change me? Because that's going to keep you in a tailspin. So as we work through these things, this is what eases up the quantum leap, guys. I'm still doing this work. But this is the pioneer, visionary, you know, dream weaver, pioneer path. Is the version of you that's in alignment to their goal, do they get sidetracked for two weeks when they don't get what they want? Or is there work to do there? And sometimes it does take two weeks because I have been knocked sideways by some things as of late. And, and so it's not a place of, of blaming yourself, but it's like, oh, I, I, I need to clean this up in myself, right? That was a blocker for me. So Yuli's saying it's freaking hard because when I'm the one being really disappointed in me for disappointing someone else. Yeah, so we think that someone doesn't know how to apologize because they're a bad person, but it's 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 usually multi-layered than that. There's, there's sometimes if you're feeling so much shame, right? That you can't. So this is where we get to communicate. And this is where, you know, we've talked in the School of IH so many times. Your being informs your doing and your doing informs your having. It's the being that you do, you're doing it. And when we start hearing that lesson, we think the being is just about, oh, I feel wealthier, I feel abundant. But the, the being, the, the being is, is, is this stuff. Who am I when I don't get what I want? Who am I when it goes wrong? Who am I when people say negative things about me? Who am I when I, I, I don't feel sure in myself? Who am I? And there's something that I've learned in business is that I have responsibilities in this container to teach, to provide a service, to do, 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 regardless of what I'm going through. And I've had to cultivate that within myself. And that's been part of my success. And it doesn't mean that we don't feel our emotions and it doesn't mean any of that, but it just means that Your adult runs your life, not your child. And we do speak and we care and we reparent and we do the trauma work. And you guys know this, but this is really important stuff, guys. Oh my God, I just received a message on Telegram from the astrologer I listened to for years. And she says, the energy of the eclipse and its development is say yes to your future version. <laughs> it comes with an audio and that, of course, I haven't listened to now. Amazing. There you go. It's, it's, it's all in alignment. And so here's something that I know. When I'm in the shit, I always come back to this. What do I know for sure? I know that there is a divine intelligence and some of you guys might believe this and some of you might not and that it's always working out for me. This is something that I feel that I know. And there's many times in my life where I've been proven this, you know, like. So when I'm navigating growing pains, I always come back to, I know that this is working out for me. I know that there is a divine intelligence and I know that this is propelling me to my goal. And that has given me a, so much strength that I can't even compute. And I think always about times in my life where things have been so divinely orchestrated that I can't make it up. And one is a time that 
before my mum died, when my mum was ill, she lived in Malaga, which is why I moved to Malaga afterwards, because it made me feel close to my mother. And I, I was visiting my mother for, for a weekend and I met a guy in a coffee shop and we went on a date. <laughs> I was slept together this is years ago. And then we didn't really see each other again. And then I moved back to Malaga, you know, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't really anything with us, but we maintained a friendship, you know. And when my mum died, I remembered where he lived in Malaga and it was an area in Malaga that I loved. And I sent him a message to say, you know, mum's passed away, I'm looking for a house, I just want to be in nature, I just need peace. And he responded, basically saying, oh, my sister is coincidentally moving out in the next couple of weeks. You get to get this house in this area in Malaga, by the way, where no one has a house for a ridiculous price with a pool and a yoga studio and, and all of these things. And I thought, isn't that extraordinary? The universe lined this all up because time doesn't exist for me. And that's the context that I choose to live my life in. And that's what makes this much easier, right? I choose to be the person that believes that regardless of what's happening, it's for my growth, it's for my evolution, and it's happening for me. And that's what takes me then to the goal because what we believe will become, right? So this is journaling questions for you guys to do in your own time. This is stuff for you guys to really be with and to really dig your teeth into um, and see what comes up feeling the same, yeah. I want to reframe the void for you guys, and we've already started doing that, okay? The two I need to work with is who am I when payments aren't coming in and when the bank account is going down, but how to minimize the gap to where I want to go. So you want to look at who am I when the payments aren't coming in? Like, here's, here's a thing for you. When payments aren't coming in, do you freak out and spiral? Or are you just grounded and filling up your gas tank? And then creating a plan to keep filling up your gas tank. And then learn from what's just happened to why your gas tank was lower and correct, and then learn to not do it again. Because sometimes the shit that really fucks with us is that payments don't come in or bank account goes down, and then we just decide to be an asshole to ourselves until the bank account goes up. And then the whole journey from bank account down to bank account up is self-hatred. It's like, that's not how we want to build, right? I used to freak out until the last few months long, yeah. So in the void, we get to reframe it. And I want you guys to print these pieces of paper out because they're concepts for you guys to work with, right? It's important that we listen to this session, not just today, but we come back to this and we really do the work as well. But in the void, I get to practice non-circumstantial faith. Fuck, when payments slowed down, when we restructured, I lost all faith and trust. I really did. And, and I was so scared, even though it didn't make sense that I was scared because I was still in a really safe position. You know, I've, I've built a really good um, infrastructure. So it wasn't logical, it was emotional. And it changed, because hear this, I would have stayed in the dip longer and payments wouldn't have sped up if I'd lost the faith for longer. 
And so when I realized that I lost faith and I had that awareness, I didn't blame myself. I forgive myself. And then I really came back to the faith work, which you guys, if you watch MMM, you can do like the laws of the universe, the Bob Proctor work, like all of that stuff. Because some people only pray to God when they're getting what they want. But we get to be the people that pray to God no matter what. Now, for those of you guys that are spiritual and connect to that, beautiful. For those of you guys that can't, that don't connect to the word God, also fine, use another language, use another word. But my aspiration, and I'm imperfect at this because th these are really big pieces, right? And that's why I keep saying that. But it's like, how can every single day you create yourself in the light of, I have non-circumstantial faith? We've been taught to found safety outside us. I only feel safe when I'm in relationship. I only feel safe when I have this much in my bank account. And when that's taken away, you feel like, like rendered shitless. So, so now you're volatile. So what does it mean to find safety within yourself? And so when Craig and I broke up last year, I really dived into, can I be safe in me? And I found that. And it was really beautiful because we've come together in a completely different way. With the restructure, nothing changed for me to find safety. I had to find safety in myself first. And we actually had a business meeting. We have meetings every Monday. And I said, you know, when we were really in it, I was like, this is what's happening. These are the facts. I'm not stressed about it. And that was the turning point, guys. God, That was the turning point of cash increasing. There is never going to be a time in your life where this work isn't going to serve you. In the void, I get to love myself no matter what. Practice loving myself no matter what. In the void, I get to never, ever reject myself. In the void, I get to cultivate staying power. In the void, I get to cultivate the skills that entrepreneurialism actually takes. We all want the results without the process. But, but that, it doesn't work that way. It's being, doing, having. We all want having, and then I'll be, and then I'll do. But that's actually not how life works. When I get in the relationship, I'll love myself. When I've lost the weight, I'll love myself. When, 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 we can be in that forever. The void is actually where we do the most important work. And the more work that we do, then we stop seeing the void as a bad thing. It's just a time of curation and cultivation. In the void, I get to work on my core stuff, which keeps me needing money and recognition and success to feel good about myself. In the void, I get to build resilience. It's something that I get said to me a lot. Oh, Han, you're so resilient. It's easy for you. And I was like, well, I wasn't. The way that I would have introduced myself a few years ago is, hi, my name is Hannah. I have a very low threshold for stress. I have a very low threshold for pressure. Um, I struggle coping. But that's been built through doing the work through various, various voids, right? So one of the biggest reasons that entrepreneurs fail in the long run isn't because they're not cut out to be entrepreneurs, it's because they don't know how to be in the void and to avoid the discomfort, they plug out and they say, I didn't want it in the first place. But very often that's not actually true. They just don't know how to be in the place of, I'm here and it's not yet been created. In the void, you'll meet yourself, shadows and wounds and all. And this is a really good thing. 
life is blessing you in a cycle of really deep healing. And it's that deep healing that takes you to the quantum leap. The void is the how. And so if you speak to masters like Bob Proctor, speak about the void, he wouldn't speak to it the way that I'm speaking to it. He speaks to it as if it's the easiest, most neutral thing in the world. Bob Proctor teaches that he spends seconds in the terror barrier. And that's what we're working towards. And it's not the fastest bear or that we're in a competition, but it's like, it's just a level of mastery that we all get to, to grow into, myself included. Steve Hardington did something very memorable when I was in India. And he was, he was on a, on a stage. And Steve Hardington teaches a sentence, which is, I am that no one is worthy of my judgment and everyone is worthy of my love. And we're at this being event that's all about how can I be more loving? And he goes, I was an asshole yesterday. This guy came into my room and I was tired and I was pissed off and I responded this way. And then when I realized that, because my partner said, Steve, you're being a dick, pretty much, I was able to correct, and this is the miracle that's come through. And so this work isn't about getting it right always, but knowing when we don't, noticing faster, owning it, and coming back in. It's not about being right. It's not about being perfect. It's how can I be a little bit better than I was yesterday or a second before? And you will get to a stage where these things no longer rock you. And that's the work because when they no longer rock you, you're not even going to see this stuff as an issue. Oh, we had a lower month. If we look at that mathematically, it's like, I made 80,000, I made da da da, I made da da, like, it's just a number. And that's what we're working towards. At the start of this year, I had a day where no money, I had no money for food. I surrendered, took a nap and found money in the account when I woke up. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of money and safety work since then. And I can finally celebrate being hired as a freelancer for two companies in one week, which I'm founding member of and both companies helping them to build them. And Daniela and I had a conversation and I think Daniela said, oh, um, this situation is meaning that I don't feel safe. And I think I said to Daniela, no, this is the situation and you don't feel safe. Your job is to find safety in the situation. Is that correct, Daniela? Was it something like that? And because of Daniela's sheer power and resourcefulness, She's now on the other side of that messy middle with two new jobs and so many other things. Eva says, last week I had a strong feeling of rejection from a client Then I felt rejected by my partner and that feeling was really, really strong. I couldn't get out of the spiral and now I see I was the one rejecting myself. Huge, guys. What a gift, Eva. What a gift. And, and this gets to be the big pieces of work. It's like, do I get to love myself when someone's rejecting me? I thought, yes, 
And it's normal that we spiral and we feel all these emotions. And usually they're not emotions from now. It can be like rejection from childhood, but somewhat we don't take action and we don't move because we're fearful of an emotion like rejection or da 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 or, you know. But when we're able to hold the emotion and not make it wrong and just let the emotion be, that's, that's extraordinary. I believe that that's one of my biggest triggers. Yeah, it could be. It could be really core central stuff for you. And isn't it amazing that life gave you an opportunity to feel it and move through it? Because here's something that I want you guys to hear, and it's that you get to create yourself and your life every single day and every single moment. Literally, the power is in the presence. Who you were three seconds ago doesn't matter for right now. I can't remember the words verbatim, but I remember it was about safety regardless of the exterior. Yeah. So in the void, I get to, right? So here we've got in the void, I get to. But the one that I want us to focus on is in the void, I get to decide how I see it. You can choose to focus on what's lacking or focus on what's there. When payments slowed down for us, I just said to myself, you know, when I got out of my emotion of it, I was like, oh, it's just that payments, there's just more time between payments, but time's speeding up now. And that was a choice. And there was a point where I was like, I'm not going to anymore focus on the lack of payments coming in. I'm going to focus on the wins, right? I'm going to focus on, um, oh, Craig paying for dinner. I'm going to focus on, did it, like, and, and when you start, and we're going to talk about this, stacking these little energetic wins, it's like we've taken momentum from what's lacking and creating more of that. And we spin it to what is here and you create more of that that you want to create more of, Right? In the void, you can give your power away to the set of circumstances, which is saying, I don't feel safe because of this. And obviously, okay, there are situations, if you're going to take me to an extreme, like assault, where I'm not going to be like, you get to find safety within assault. Like, I'm not fucking saying that, right? Or a lion is chasing you and you're like, I get to, no. If your life is in danger and your fight or flight response is appropriate, then be very grateful for the fact that you have a flight and flight response and, and, and act accordingly. Hunch the attacker, spit on his face, run like a fucking demon. But the situations that I'm talking about right now is when the fight or flight is maladaptive. So there is actually no danger apart from the danger in your head. That's where we have the opportunity to give our power away to the set of circumstances and say, I feel this because of this and I'm powerless to this, or to rise above and reclaim your power and your power in the present. That's how the school could have dips and we're back before we know it. Because I'm not giving my power away to people that are paying me or not. I'm asking myself, how can I be so good that people can't help but pay me? And like I said, April's like going to be our biggest month ever by like double. If we think and tie money to safety in sales, it's really going to fuck us because we're going to let the wrong people into our groups that we're doing just for money. Not because of actually anything else. 
In the void, you get to focus on the problem and be on the airwave of the problem, or you get to be in the energy of a solution. Businesses that thrive fast are businesses that focus on desirable solutions instead of sitting in the problem. There's a sentence that Steve Hardington shared. And he doesn't even call it a problem. He calls it the set of circumstances. And the reason that he calls it the set of circumstances is because the second that we get, call it a problem, there is emotional intensity. The second that we call it a set of circumstances, you're stopping making it a problem and you're taking the power away from the problem. Given this set of circumstances, the situation is neutralized. It's not bad, it's not good. What would you like to create? And sometimes this can be hard for me because sometimes, you know, uh, like I'm used to being an emotion of a problem and then I'm saying, oh, given this set of circumstances, what would you like to create? It's like, no, I want to be in my angry. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I want to be in my angry is the actual truth of the moment. And we get to go be in the angry and then we get to come back to this, okay? At no stage do you have to bypass an emotion. But we do get to be responsible whether we sat in a tantrum for two months or a year or 50 years. I think about my mother and my father. My mother was angry from, with my father for their whole marriage, apart from maybe the first year. And people are, and that's normal. Her whole story is dad is this and this is bad and I feel resentment towards him. And I'm not owning the fact that there is a solution. I just feel trapped in the situation. And so that's how people end up in marriages that aren't happy their whole life, jobs that they aren't happy for their whole life. Like when we come back to our power as a creator, it's like, it's the most foundational thing that we have. So given this set of circumstances, what would you like to create? Given this set of circumstances, what would you like to create? It's the most important sentence I've given you today. I'm feeling it as a trapped emotion. I'm reading the emotion code and looking forward to learn how to clean it. Amazing. Maybe we are used to being angry or sad, so we're attached to that emotion. Yeah, so what happens, and this is Joe Dispenza's stuff, is that when we're used to being angry or sad or we're brought up in environments where there were a lot of chaotic emotions, then chaos or pain or happy or sad is what's familiar for us. So criticism and fear and all of these things were part of my childhood. So it's easy for me to fall into that. And sometimes we wanna be in that instead of finding the solution fast, right? So, so we also get to be the people that reprogram ourselves emotionally. And that's why the process that we do at the end is going to be so important. So we keep like, we, we change our neurochemistry, guys. We get to change our neurochemistry. And this is where sometimes the emotion embodiment work can be confused, where people are like, oh, I just want to be in the emotions. I just want to be in the emotions. And, and we're not anchored into anything else. So we're just in anger and we're just in all of these things. And it's like, well, yes, we don't want to bypass it, but, but it's, it's not about staying there forever. Okay, so you can pick a circumstance that your mind tells you it's a problem and you can ask yourself, given this set of circumstances, what would you like to create, right? That's step one. Now, step two is, and this is gonna be your homework for today. This is what I wanna see on the homework thread. Remember guys, we've got a homework thread for each homework, for each day, please respond, please um, put your homework, but this is the process that I want you to do. 
right? Because I want you guys to spend time on this. But pick a circumstance that your mind tells you it's a problem and ask yourself, given this set of circumstances, what would you like to create, right? Then ask yourself, what state of being do you need to cultivate for a problem, for the problem to not even be a problem? Then ask yourself, who do you need to be to create what you want to create, right? Then ask yourself, is who you are being in the world aligned with where you want to go and what you want to create? This is a four-step process to getting out of the hole. It's a four-step process to getting out of the hole. And what I'll do with the next lives that we have in May is that we'll go through some of these processes together so we can really recap and get strong in it as well too. Right? Notice that we've got what to do in a dip or the void, reframe the void, reframe the void, reframe the void, part two, part three, is we're gonna build momentum out of the void. So building momentum to what you want is the fastest and easiest way out of a dip, okay? Building momentum to what you want is the fastest and easiest way out of your dip. It's easier to have a pity party, obsess where you are, all of those things, and sometimes we need a pity party. But then the only person that you're sabotaging is yourself by saying that. So something that has really changed the game for me is something as simple as stacking wins. All you're doing when you stack wins is stacking positive energy in the direction to what you want. So you can, because we have a tendency to only celebrate the end, there's a whole period where there's nothing to celebrate. So I wanna just invite you to celebrate. Shakti says, I feel like MDB2 was orchestrated around me. <laughs> Amazing. That makes me very joyful. Um, so we can celebrate someone buying a coffee. We can celebrate uh, the setup wins. So this is something that I've learned recently, you know, as we open the premium suite, um, I didn't, but I could have done, and I will now I know what I know, have celebrated the brochure, celebrated a da-da-da, because that gives us that like positive momentum, right? Instead of waiting for the end, and the end can take the time that it takes, right? So celebrate yourself for writing an email, celebrate yourself for having a sales conversation, celebrate yourself for having a difficult conversation that you braved. Like, can you celebrate yourself and keep stacking wins, stacking wins, stacking wins, stacking wins? Like, it doesn't matter, right? If a payment's come through, ever I'm thinking about you again, it's like, can you celebrate the fact that you had courage to do your own thing? Can you celebrate the fact that you could have gone backwards, but you haven't? Can you celebrate the fact that you noticed that there's rejection? Can you celebrate the fact that you identified a trap promotion? Can you, like, this is, this is what stacking wins is, right? And this is what keeps us on track. So we want to stack wins to track progress, not just the final result. Because our life is the middle, it's not just the final win, right? So can you celebrate that you've got three people in your group, even if last time it was two, because our brain always tends to go, oh, there's only this many people. And this is where upper limit stuff really comes in. Because how do we actually maintain our upper limits in place? Upper limits is where there's so much positive emotion, you've got to create a lower emotion, right? So some people, they'll create chaos. Some people, they'll create drama. Some people, they'll create, like we create all sorts of things so we can be in the familiar emotion instead of the, the stacking of the positive wins, right? And so our brain does this sometimes by like 
everything in my life is going well, but there is one thing that is going badly. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to obsess about that one thing that is going badly. I'm going to get hooked in and then I'm going to start creating more of that. And I am guilty of these things, guys. I'm going to keep repeating this because like upper limits, it's a real thing that we have to reprogram our whole life, right? So some of you guys might do it through searching for conflict. Some of you guys might do it through like searching for drama, for hooking into the one thing that isn't working, obsessing about um, a situation that's out of your control. Uh, when someone gives you a compliment, deflecting it, only celebrating yourself with the final result. These are all keeping those upper limits in place. And so the beauty of stacking wins, it's like, I allow good, I allow good, I allow good, I allow good. It's like, we're, we're every single day, we're, we're increasing our tolerance for good. And so there are ways that you can partner. We've just, partners, sorry, there's ways that you can practice. We've just set you up with a partner, guys, right? So share daily wins, stack wins with your buddy. Craig and I have started doing this thing. Well, I do this thing. Sometimes Craig doesn't respond because he wants to go to sleep and, and I'm not shutting up. But, you know, before we go to bed, we share three gratitudes and something that we want our unconscious mind to create as we sleep. I'm not joking. They are tiny, tiny practices, but it makes such a big difference. Maybe you want to have in your journal, a stacking win section where you just write down your wins. Maybe you want a spreadsheet on your computer where every day before you work, you stack your wins, right? We can even create a thread. Please let me know if you want this in the school of IH where every Friday we say, or oh, we just have a thread there and it never goes. And we call it stacking wins and I'll put it in a guide and we'll put it at the top. And you guys just keep writing your wins and stacking your wins and we keep celebrating each other. And we're not just doing that to be cute. We're doing that to build positive momentum, okay? Now, another way to do it is compounding positive emotions. And we're gonna do a process on that together at the end. And again, when you get all of MDB um, on a private podcast, like we did with Love and Money, you'll have the positive um, emotion stacking meditation there and you can practice that. So you can start building that on a somatic level and changing your neurochemistry, okay? Are we clear on stacking wins? Because stacking wins is the easiest way to get out of the hole. <laughs> okay, let's talk about safety really, really super duper quickly because what happens when we're in a dip is that we can lose our feeling of safety. And this is the real thing that can knock us from our center. So remember that if you've been activated in flight or flight, your first job is regulating. I'm not going to go into this much today because we've talked about this in the school a trillion times in different ways. Regulating can look like nature, space, breathing, alone time, emotional clearing, motion code, breath work, crying, screaming, cold water dip, sauna, bare feet walking, rest. Like there's numerous stuff, okay? And there's all tools and techniques that we know and we love that they exist. But this is what I just spoke to with Daniela of like, a lot of people assume that the feelings of safety come when we've got the desired result, right? So when the money is in my account and we're putting our safety dependent on something external, when I'm loved, when I've found a new home, when, 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 when. And again, this is erroneous thinking, okay? And there are many, many highly wealthy individuals like, fuck guys, I have met like really, really wealthy people, like obscenely wealthy people with thriving businesses that make regular cash. And they are still so scared around money and they still embody who they were, right? Prior. 
they're still anxious, they still don't wanna spend, and it doesn't make sense to the external reality that they have. And they're stuck in, oh, I'll feel safe when I get to this higher number. So what's happening is that they've not updated their unconscious mind to the fact that they are safe and that there is enough. We have very ancient human wounds and fears in our DNA. And it's, there's not enough that's going to run. When we're in the void, this can be reactivated or can be activated all of the time for us. It's like you can have money in the bank and you still wake up with anxiety. Why are you waking up with anxiety? Because your unconscious mind thinks there's not enough and thinks you're going to run out. So safety is always available, but it's not related on a number in your bank account. It's can we internally create that? The ways that I internally create that is through building faith. And so when I come out of that, I always go back to the Bob Proctor teachings, the science of getting rich. Like I, I, I study because Bob Proctor would talk about faith through understanding, but we can also do this on a neurological level. So at this final meditation that we do, we're going to upgrade your unconscious mind to know that there is enough and that you are safe. Okay. Because like I said, if not, you, if you don't do the work around anxiety and safety and money, you might become extremely rich, but you'll still carry this, this fear with you. So the void is really an opportunity to find safety within non-circumstantially, which is whatever and I were talking about to start with. So like I said, safety comes from faith and we can build this from understanding. The TB work is essential for this and day three MNM is the place to find that. Yes, yeah, safety was huge for me. Finding it within me also allowed me, allowed me to ending it with my former, yes, because when we don't feel safe, we cling on to things. We cling on to clients, we cling on to partners, we cling on to homes, we cling on to old jobs, we cling on to old versions of them, ourselves, right? Because we put, we're putting our safety in something else. But you get to find it within yourself. Okay, the final thing that I wanna talk about before we go into the process, and I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes to go pee and do the process with me, is that we can really activate our nervous system and lose safety when we've got a plan in business and it doesn't go as planned and we can go into a spiral. So it's like when we desire to manifest something and it doesn't happen, right? Maybe launch flops. Maybe you don't hit a goal in the time frame you want to. Maybe you thought that you would be somewhere different now, right? And what plays out is a version of this shouldn't have happened. Now, what I want you to understand about the thinking of this shouldn't have happened and I shouldn't be here and this should be different is that that's eliciting a fear response in the system. When you're saying that shouldn't have been happened, that shouldn't have happened, right? Your unconscious mind is perceiving that there is a threat and there is danger, right? Now, our unconscious mind, which is where our hypothalamus is, the pituitary gland is, if there's danger, your unconscious mind is going to search to fix it, right? So when we've got the alert and our nervous system's on and we're in fight or flight and your unconscious mind thinks that there is something to fix or change, it means that we hook onto a nervous system response, right? And we're in a nervous system response because your fight or flight is trying to get your unconscious mind to find a solution. But the problem is 
that what has happened is in the past and you can't change it now. So it's like your unconscious mind is hooked on trying to find a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Because that shouldn't have happened isn't a problem now. It's a judgment of your past, right? And this can really block us from preventing, this can really block us from moving forward in our businesses and lives. When we get stuck in that shouldn't have happened, or I shouldn't be here, or I should be further ahead. Our energy is trying to fix the past instead of moving towards the future. And we're stuck in a nervous system response. So what we need to do is we need to update the unconscious mind to what's happened has happened. It's no longer happening. There's nothing to do. So all of that energy that's being expended in trying to fix the past can be expended in creating the future. I'm actually struggling through this. I'm so grateful to have two clients to build business. I'm actually about, but I'm like, what about my business? Yet it actually lit my heart up to take these projects and it would be beneficial to my own business. Yeah, it's equally good to tell yourself, which I always also believe that everything is always happening for me, even if I can't. Is it equally good to tell yourself, which I also believe that everything is always happening for me, even if I can't see it? Yes. So, so Shakti, yes, that's a brilliant thing to tell you. And we want to disengage our fight or flight. So it's not that one's good or one's better. It's just that is my flight or flight on because I'm trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist because it happened in the past. And actually, that's what trauma is. Trauma is when we've had a past experience and the body hasn't resolved it. So our unconscious mind is still trying to fix it. And the way that we let go of it is by updating the conscious mind that, that it's been processed and it's been cleared. So you can then move your energy to what you want to create. Because when we're stuck in trauma, we're stuck in the past, our, our energy is going towards trying to heal the past instead of trying to move forward. So this is the work that we get to do, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to update our unconscious mind to tell us the event is over, right? And that there's nothing to do in the present moment. And with this new piece of information, your nervous system can regulate. Quick thing on the unconscious mind, the conscious mind, right? Conscious mind is the thought that we think unconscious mind does so many things. Unconscious mind is like a machine working for you. This is why I say to you guys, like before going to sleep, I'm like unconscious mind plan this session. I don't do my planning of sessions through conscious mind at all ever because it would be too many things to think about, right? And especially when I'm living really harmoniously, everything is coming through my unconscious mind. And that's what we call channeling. And that could be divine connection to source, but it's also your unconscious mind. Has everyone got a situation that you still feel locked into? If you've got a situation, put a yes. And this is again an Andrea Crowder piece from RTT. So it's a new modality, it's not mine. Who has got a situation that their brain is telling them, right? It shouldn't have happened. And the reason that I'm bringing this one up is that I didn't really resonate with this one before until we restructured and it didn't go how we planned. And then I really got in a spiral of this is not the way that I want it to look. Does I should have more clients work? Yuli, does that create a stress cycle for you? I feel like my brain is self-sabotaging the two jobs since I've definitely hit the upper limit. Okay, amazing. All we're going to do right now, not stress, but it annoys me. Okay, just see 
Because how do you know you've gone from fight or flight to regulating your nervous system as the emotion has gone? So just see if that you notice an emotion shift, an emotional shift. Okay, so once you've all got a situation that you feel that your brain tells you it shouldn't be this way, whatever that is, I should be further along in my healing journey. I should be further along in my business. I should have more money in my bank account. I should be more loving and patient. I should be less emotionally volatile. I should be, I should be blah, 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 blah. It should have looked different. Yes, and I get angry and frustrated. Amazing. So I know that this is really weird, but I want you to do this with me, okay? I'm gonna get you to think of your situation, right? And then I'm gonna say to you, so go back in time and make it not happen. And I want you to say with your mouth back to me, I can't, it doesn't exist, therefore there's nothing to do, okay? And we're gonna keep doing this a few times, right? After we've done that, I want you to tell yourself there's nothing to do about that. It doesn't exist anymore. It's happened, but it isn't happening. There's nothing to do about that. It doesn't exist anymore. It's happened, but it's not happening. And we're just going to see how we feel on the other side. This is gold. Yes. I really hope that this has been a comprehensive tool belt for you guys that you can keep coming back to. I know it's a lot of things, but because they are intensive, the idea is that these are resources and processes for you to use whenever you need to use them. Okay. So Yudi, I'm going to say, I want you to think about your event. So uh, a concrete example is you might be saying to yourself, I should have this much money in my bank account and you don't, or it could be um, that conversation should have gone different or it could be, this shouldn't be, so for you with clients, it could be, I should be further ahead in business, or I should have more clients. But only if it elicits a response in you. And then I'm going to say, so you guys are going to think about this. And then you, I'm going to say, so go back in time and make it not happen. We'll just do the first bit. And you guys are going to say back to me, I can't, it doesn't exist, therefore there's nothing to do. Let's practice this. So think about your situation. So go back in time and make it not happen. Let's do it again. Think about the event. I'm gonna speak and then you guys say the exact words, I can't, it doesn't exist, there's therefore there's nothing to do. Think about the event. So go back in time and make it not happen. Did you guys get that? Notice that this isn't a logical thing that we're doing. We're speaking to your unconscious mind. Did you guys get that? Okay, I get it. Did you feel a sh an emotional shift? 
satoshi yaptım. I'm still not sure if I got it because when you say go back in time and unmake it, if I don't have any clients, there's nothing to undo. I think I have a knot in my head. Yuli, go for a past, past situation if this is not like sinking in. Go for something that's happened in the past that you guys want to change. Well, it was really weird because I felt disappointed that I couldn't do what you asked me to do. I want us to understand that this is setting us free, okay? You go back in time and you make it not happen. I can't, it doesn't exist, therefore there's nothing to do. We're just updating your unconscious mind. There is nothing yet to do so they can let go and you can move forward and expend time right? Creating an opportunity to adapt. Eva says this is applicable to everything and somehow it makes me think that I often keep stuck in the past. Yes. This is the idea. We want to disengage from the past so we can be in creativity of the future whilst being very much firmly in the present. So again, asking yourself, okay, so thinking of the situation and just saying to yourself, there's nothing to do about that. It doesn't exist anymore. It happened, but it isn't happening. Where's my opportunity to adapt? So I want you guys to practice these as mantras. I know this is strange and you're like, this doesn't feel logical, but I want you guys to practice these as mantras because if not, what's happening is that we're expending energy saying this shouldn't be the way it is. We shouldn't have broken up. I should feel different. It shouldn't have gone that way. There's energy, 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 energy being expended, right? And we're not, ex we're not expending energy on the opportunity to change it. So let's say that you're in a financial dip and you're saying to your head, uh, into your head, oh my God, it's been a really low month. Oh my God, it's been a really low month. Oh my God, it's been a really low month. But what are you going to keep creating a really low month, right? So what we want to do is we go back to the month, we see it, right? Make it not happen. I can't, it doesn't exist. Therefore, there's nothing to do, right? Because the past doesn't exist. And then you hold that image and you say, there's nothing to do about it. It doesn't exist anymore. It's happened, but it isn't happening, right? There's nothing to do about that. So you're thinking about the dip that you might've had in finances. Or you're thinking about that thing that happened that you think shouldn't have happened. And you're saying, there's nothing to do about that. It doesn't exist anymore. It happened and it isn't happening right? So we're disengaging, trying to fix the past, which is energy wasted, right? The whole thing here with what we did at the start with money, it's like, are the thoughts that I'm thinking helpful or emotional? So we're trying to lock out of the deep, big emotion that stops us seeing clearly. Okay. Oh, there's nothing to change. It doesn't exist, you know? It doesn't exist anymore. It happened, but it isn't happening. If you're in like a trauma response and you're doing someone like someone's got into a trauma response and you're trying to get them to get back into the present moment, you say to them, it's happened, but it isn't happening. It happened, but it isn't happening. What do you feel under your seat? Do you see it's not happening? It happened, but it's not happening. It happened, but it's not happening. So we just update the unconscious mind. And then we can ask, where is my opportunity to adapt, right? 
So for some of you guys, you might have big things right now that you need to let go of so you can go into creativity, right? Not from a place of anxiety. For some of you guys, right now that you're feeling fluid with life, you're not in this. But this always exists for you. And this is what, because when we're in a dip of whatever it is, a breakup, money, business, success, and our unconscious mind is in fear, we're locked on and the unconscious mind is consistently trying to fix the past. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. You've noticed that you don't sleep. You're anxious. You can't fully relax, right? So all we're doing is we're updating the unconscious to this has happened. It's no longer happening, which means that you can now create a new result, right? The dip has happened. It's no longer happening. What do I want to create? The breakup has happened. It's no longer happening. What do I want to create, right? The low month has happened. It's no longer happening. Because if not, I'm in a low month, I'm in a low month, I'm in a low month. We can be in a low month now for the, 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 the rest of your life, right? The retreat didn't fill up. It has happened, but it is no longer happening. Because if not, if we haven't cleared that, we maybe then go launch another retreat and we launch the other retreat from the energy of the retreat didn't fill up. Do you know what I mean? So it's just cleaning things up so that we can go into our present and our future moments with energetic cleanness. We can go into our launching and our selling and our days and our relationships clean. Okay, you guys can be with this longer. It's not intellectual. We're speaking to your unconscious mind, okay? And we're going to go into the process. So do we have any other questions? You've got about one minute to pee if you don't have questions. Check that this is going on the grid. Okay, amazing. This is still streaming. One minute, P and back, and we're gonna lock this in.
Okay, amazing, guys. Getting into a comfortable place. Again, as always, I want us to end the meditation and then close the space. So you guys can go and um, journal, be with this. You guys know what your homework is. Again, I know it's a lot of information, but you're gonna have lots of time to go through this. Um, and all of the intensives are lifelong. So, drop an emoji if you're back. Not everyone's camera's on, so I just wanna make sure that we start together. I'm gonna stop the share. I'm going to play the music and again I just want to check volume before we begin. Can everyone hear my voice over the music? Yuli just confirmed to me that we're good to go. Coming to a neutral breath. I'm just giving permission for your body to drop, to surrender, to relax, to let go. Feel your hands stopping to grip. Your palms opening, your belly softening as your breath deepens. And again, we're just going to visualize the number three three times. Three, three, three. Feeling a ripple of relaxation in the blood from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot. <sighs> now visualizing the number two, three times. Two. 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 Feeling the brain. Thoughts, any things that you have to do, anything. 
and bringing your mind to number one three times. One, one, one. Bring your energy and focus to the center. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You are now at your center. And I want you to find part of your body where you can feel good and you locate a part of your body and there is a good sensation bring your attention and your focus that positive sensation that you already We're going to start expanding those good feelings as if you're turning on, you're turning up. Those good feelings getting them higher and higher. And when you think that you've turned them up to the top, Turning them a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. Feeling this pleasant sensation expanding over your body more and more. And now you're gonna start instructing your body and asking more please. Thank you, thank you. More please, thank you, thank you. Learning that you can ask your body for a good feeling. Noticing when you ask your body for a good feeling, your body delivers. So we're just going to ask for a little bit more good feeling. 
more please. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling that good feeling expand all over your system. More please, thank you. Thank you. All good. Now it's as if we've brought on our hand. We're going to turn up the dial for bliss. So you feel bliss in your body. And keeping turning up that dial. More please. Thank you. Thank you. More please. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling that bliss expand all through your system. Now we're going to ask for some joy. So you might want to stretch out your hand and turn up the dial for joy. More please. Thank you. Thank you. We keep turning up that dial for joy. Thank you. Thank you. Just when you think that you can't hold any more joy, there's more. And there's more. Just when you think that it can't get better, it does. And we keep asking more, please. More, please. Thank you. Thank you. More, please. Thank you. Thank you. Feel the good expand and expand all over your system. More, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just programming in these good sensations. I'm allowed to feel this. Safe to be in the good. And the final emotion, we're going to reach out and we're going to go for the dial and this time we're going to feel safety. Where is safety in your body? Utterly safe, present and willing. More, please. Thank you. Thank you. More, please. Thank you. Thank you.
I'm just going to spend a couple more seconds here in these feelings of well-being. Remembering that we can always ask for more good. And we're just going to ask for that last little bit more. More, please. Thank you. Thank you. As I count, we're going to get more and more connections with you through the day. One, two, three, wiggling my fingers and hands. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you guys all tomorrow.